Welcome to Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. On this podcast, we journey through the devastating experience of the death of a child. Grief is seldom discussed openly in our culture, and the death of a child makes people feel even more uncomfortable. We approach the topic openly and honestly, speaking to people who have lost loved ones and experts who help care for them. Whether you are a parent experiencing loss or someone who wants to support another going through this tragedy, this podcast strives to offer hope and help. Welcome to episode 192 of Losing a Child, Always Andy's Mom. I'm Marcy Larson, Andy's Mom. So today's episode is a recording of the live stream that Gwen and I did just a couple of nights ago on Monday night. This is on the topic of resilience in our grief, and I know you will really enjoy it. I also want to talk about our next live stream. So that will be this next month. And what's funny is if you listen further in, I hadn't quite decided on the date, but now I have. So put this in your calendar. It's Monday, June 19th at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And we will have Gwen, as always, but we will also have Judson's mom, who was on a previous episode. Her name is Jamie, and she is very excited to talk to you again. The topic will be discussing unhealthy versus healthy coping strategies. And Gwen had a great idea in this episode as to how you all can become involved in that live stream and writing in ahead of time. So I want you to listen carefully to that uh, information. But for now, just sit back and enjoy listening to Gwen and I talk about resilience and grief. Hello, welcome to another uh, podcast live stream of Always Andy's Mom, of Losing a Child, oh, Always Andy's Mom. I'm here, of course, with Gwen. Hi. Gwen was waving and not saying hello, forgetting that the majority of people are going to just listen to this and not watch True. the video. <laughs> hi, everyone. <laughs> so, hi, everyone from Gwen. <clears throat> so today, we are going to talk about the t- the topic is resilience. And you know, what's funny is a few days ago when I went to like make the live stream, I sent a message to Gwen and I said, is there something you want me to say in particular? Cause I can't, we couldn't even remember who came up with a topic, whether it was her or whether it was me. And like, I don't, I don't really know what to say for sure. And I don't know if you were writing me back, if you were writing me back in the process of me asking this question, but In the midst of all that, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look up the definition of the word resilience. And I love what it said. So what it said in Merriam-Webster, in physics, resilience is the ability of an elastic material to absorb energy, such as from a blow, and release that energy as it springs back to its original shape. The recovery that occurs in this phenomenon can be viewed as analogous to a person's ability to bounce back after a jarring setback. I thought, wow, what a great definition, right? And I just love the visual of thinking about some object hitting really hard against, you know, any, anything, a ball or the ground or a person or anything in like you know, leaving an impact and then us trying to recover 
to your original shape and whether you can totally do it or you can't do it. But I thought, wow, that is what resilience really is, isn't it? It is. I'm looking up another definition that I had without having to Google it that talked about the reshaping and the the adaptation. Yeah, I I do like the word adaptation because Uh of all that it, you know, means in, you know, we, we have to learn to adapt. And right. so, and I love the jarring blow just yeah. really stuck out a lot. Uh-huh. I just loved thinking about it in a physics, from the physics background, because I hadn't thought about it in that way before. And I should have, because it is a physics kind of term with its origins. But I just loved thinking about it in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so, going to have to give up looking for uh, my definition that I had written down somewhere, but I might find it. Oh, I'm sure you probably will find it. Probably will find it too late. But yes. <laughs> that is a good point, too, about adapting and the ability to be able to adapt. Right. Um, and, and it is something that we try to teach, right? You try to teach your kids and you try to teach yourself how to be more resilient to be able to handle these life stressors. But then you come across something like this, something like right. death and grief and the loss of your child. And it just doesn't seem like it's on the same, you know, I mean, spectrum, right? It's just right. so, so different from anything you've ever experienced before. Mm-hmm. And the bounce back is totally different. Yeah. I mean, you know, that re retaping your shape, whatever term you want to use, the adaptation is not an immediate response. It is so much harder. Well, and I don't feel like I'm never going to go back to the same shape I was. Oh, no, not at all. I I will always feel that. And that's what Mm. the visual is that I I like to think that I may always be a little bit dented from Mm -hmm. that huge blow that I took. That's Mm -hmm. going to be there. It's a part of me. It's something that I feel like you could almost see. I know you can't see it from the outside, but it feels that way. Right. I like that. Um. You said something else about um, the length of time, or this is different. Oh, my goodness. I'm worried about my brain. I just can't (laughs) even. (laughs) I can't bounce back on my thoughts the quickly as I used to. I have to write them down, but it'll come to me. Yeah, well, keep a pen handy. I do. I have one right here. Um, All right. Well, you know... um, Another thing is when I made that stream, I started thinking about things that are resilient. And if you, if people got found out about this by looking on my Instagram or my Facebook, you can see that I used a visual of a little flower, almost looks like a tiny little daisy growing up through some um, asphalt. So through some cracked, um, uh, not blacktop, but asphalt there mm-hmm. that was cracked in a million places. And then just this one lone little flower came up because mm-hmm. I put in, I put in resilience images. And that's one that came up is a resilient oh. little flower growing up through a road somewhere. Uh, so anyway, I thought that was pretty cool. And that's then awesome. I've got to tell me what happened this weekend. And I told you I was going to tell this story, but I wouldn't tell you what it was. So If you look today on my Instagram, just a couple of hours ago, I posted a picture of a tulip. And that tulip was from my yard. So we, obviously, we have a place up north. That was Andy's favorite place in the whole world. 
And I've talked a little bit before about this magnolia tree that's in the backyard. And it's just a beautiful magnolia tree. And I think about Andy with it. I mean, first of all, he loved being up there. But the second reason I think about it is it always blooms every spring, these beautiful, beautiful blooms. And then right around the anniversary of his death in mid to late August, it blooms again, but mm. only a few. And I always just, it just makes me think of Andy. And I think the first time is we went back up right after he died to like get some stuff and take the boat in and whatever. And that had a few flowers on it. So it made me think that it was like a little gift from Andy, these few little blooms on that magnolia tree. And so every year this census happened. So this week we're up there and the magnolia is in full bloom and mm. it's looking amazing. And yesterday, which was Mother's Day, which I totally ignored. I didn't let my family celebrate it really at all. My father-in-law came up to me and said, the day before we saw me and said, happy Mother's Day. I said, I'm really not doing that this year. He's like, okay. <laughs> so I gave my mother-in-law a Mother's Day present, but as far as me, we did not celebrate. But, but anyway, yesterday I'm walking inside and I look over and underneath the magnolia tree is one bright red, beautiful tulip. Oh, and we have no tulips in our entire yard. No one's planted that tulip. I have no idea where it came from. It is just coming up through a pile of leaves because the leaves always collect down in that corner. No grass ever grows down in the corner under that magnolia tree. So you can see all these dead leaves. Right. And one beautiful, perfect tulip coming up. And I just thought... And see, now I am going to cry because I didn't think I would. But I just thought it was a little Mother's Day present from Andy. From Andy. I yeah. did too. I did too. Yeah. Oh. And so anyway, I wouldn't let anyone celebrate Mother's Day, but I think Andy did. I think he Andy did. did. I'm so glad you took a picture of it. <laughs> I know. And, and what's funny that. is we were driving home. We got in the car. We're in the car and we're pulling out of the driveway. And I said, stop. I didn't take a picture of the tulip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so Eric stopped the car and I ran around the back in my stocking feet because I didn't even have my shoes on to go take a picture of that tulip because I like, I just needed that tulip you and did. the fact that it was on Mother's Day. That is so beautiful. I thought yeah. So and that too. you had Googled the images of resiliency and then there and it I is. And I got the lone flower, right? <clears throat> I got the flower and that's mm -hmm. what I had used. And it was almost like, that's why it was given to me as a tulip, right? Mm -hmm. I just feel like God and Andy somehow worked that out. I don't know. They sure did. I don't know how they did, but I, I just feel like I just needed, I needed the tulip yesterday. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, that's, and you know, many times we say about, you know, when we talk about joy returning or different things, I always say the whole, your whole day or your whole life isn't going to be filled with joy, but you can have joyful moments. And what made me just think of, you're not going to have a whole garden of flowers, but you can have no. one, that one that I know. you need. Yeah. That's beautiful. Anyway. I, I did write down and remembered what I was going to say is when you were talking about the definition of resiliency, Dr. Hoy, he's a professor at Baylor and he teaches in um, their medical school to medical students about death and dying. And he says, resiliency is the norm, not the exception when oh. he's talking about grief. And well, that's true. Yeah, it, it is the norm. I mean, we can expect 
even though we don't know what it looks like, we can expect to have a new formation. We can expect to adapt and to bounce back at some level. We can expect to bloom in some fashion, right? If we want to use the one flower. Again, not a whole garden or the way you were before, but there can, you know, there is that bounce back that does happen. It's funny because I think in some ways you don't like to think about it that way. And no. that's and others see it in you, right? right. I, I think of how many times other people have said to me, oh, you're so strong. I can't believe how strong you are, all of this stuff. And, I'm, and it just makes me kind of mad because I'm like, right. I'm not strong, I'm weak, I'm whatever. But, to, but that is the resilience, right? And the other people are seeing the resilience, even though sometimes you don't feel it. It is there. Right. Yeah. And, and that you are shining something to the people around you. And to you, it doesn't feel like strength. It feels like just survival. survival. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but others see it as, wow, you're getting up every day. You keep on living, keep on uh -huh. doing. And and really, that's all we can do. <laughs> we just get up right. and say, okay, I'm just going to do this next thing here. And um, But other people can see that every day you're working hard at that and they see your growth and see things in you that you can't see. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, I do want to take a moment here too, because I forgot this on our last live stream, but I have had said that I wanted to thank people who um, had donated to the podcast. Mm -hmm. Cause I kind of did that. I did that a few months ago towards the end of the year, Eric kind of made up a list. And I just got a new donor that's donating through Patreon and I'm very excited. And so I just want to say thank you to Stephanie for doing that. Um, Aaron, who's doing that wonderful um, retreat down in Mexico, mm -hmm. she has been, has donated, which I really appreciate. And then I have Karen who donated through Give Butter and she's now going, it's funny, it kind of sparked up a conversation and she's gonna come on and share her story. So anyway, I just wanted to say thank yous to those three wonderful women who've donated some money to That's wonderful. Uh, Always Mom Charity through Get Butter or Patreon or however means you want to do it. But just thank you because it does mean a lot and it really does help kind of to be able to um, keep going. So thank you. Right. That's wonderful. So I know now you had... Uh, few different things that you want to talk about with resiliency because of course I do you've got, you've got your list of things so right well you know just giving some skill sets to what is resiliency so we've talked about the definition but I like to give very people just some skill sets and the cool thing about a lot of the listeners is they're going to be able to go oh I do do that I just didn't yeah. see it as resiliency right, um, right. and the very first one is self-awareness and I think being aware of what your limits are and it can look like, you know, I can't watch when there's a, sh a shooting um, yeah. in our country. I, I can't tune in. That's self-awareness to say, I, I can't take that on and yeah. think about because you're, you know, every mom is thinking about it through the lens of knowing what those other parents are experiencing that day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's terrible. <clears throat> yeah. I had one woman say to me. There was um, an issue at the um, cemetery where someone had stomped on the flowers in the grave and she could see the footprints. And she said, but you know what? I couldn't fight it. I couldn't yeah. fight it. 
Um, that's knowing your limits. That's having an awareness. And so it's kind of like knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are. And she just knew right then that it was a fight that she just didn't have in her to fight. Um, so I think that awareness, another piece of that is, um, when you have like mountains of paperwork or yard work or thing to do, we have to almost be aware of what motivates me to get something done. Because uh -huh. when we're bereaved, our to-do list just is, it's like, that's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but so the, the skill of resiliency says, if I have this list and I've overwhelmed with it, what can motivate me to get it done? What is my reward or my motivation for doing it? And, you know, it can be like, okay, if I accomplish three things on my list, I can go get a pedicure or I, I don't know what your reward or motivation is. But mm -hmm. um, so I think awareness is just a really key thing. Yeah. Awareness of what you can and can't do and what's just too yeah. much. And yeah. I think and the finding other, ways to get the list done, whether it be you or someone else. Someone right? else. Yep. I was thinking that too, or, you know, hiring a lawn company because it's just too much or you know, whatever that looks like. Um, yeah. And, oh, I know that awareness is something that um, we also have to speak out. Like yeah. when you become aware that you can't, maybe do something or do mother's day for, for example yeah right yeah that's yeah. a perfect I mean, example when, when, when you were saying that i'm like that would be like me i yeah. said, i can't do mother's day yeah. uh, what what was really funny is that eric well because valeriano you know is, is my foster son and he's obviously moved out of the house and i was down and he sent me this lovely text happy mother's day you're the best or something really really sweet and I was like, wow, that's the only time everybody has ever said happy Mother's Day. Like, because the kids didn't really say happy Mother's Day to me because they were with me, the other two. Mm -hmm. And um, Eric goes, well, you made it pretty clear that you didn't want to celebrate Mother's Day. <laughs> like, well, that's true. Yes, that's that's good. <laughs> right. So but if they we also don't want to be ignored. Day, it was because of me. They were paying attention that mm -hmm. mom does not want to celebrate Mother's mm -hmm. Day. Yeah. And I think somebody else agreed with you there. They said, that's exactly what I said to my dad. I ignored and avoided Mother's Day. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's what you needed, right? Yeah. If that's what you need to get through your day. You mm -hmm. know, when I had even my other, I've got a little bereaved moms kind of chat group or whatever. And they were, and the, you know, last Sunday was bereaved Mother's Day. Yes. And so they, what were you doing for bereaved Mother's Day? And people wanting to know what they're doing for Mother's Day. And I thought, man, I just ignored the whole lot of them. I mean, mm -hmm. I ignored bereaved Mother's Day. I ignored Mother's Day. Like, I just, it was just too much mm -hmm. for me to do either one of them. Yeah. So, I, like, I don't know if that was the right thing or the wrong thing. But for me, I just couldn't do it. And mm -hmm. I could get through the day much better if it's just a Sunday. And yeah, last Sunday was just a Sunday. And this Sunday was just a Sunday. And yeah. that's well, just what I had to do for me. And it doesn't mean that that's right for everybody, but it certainly was right for me. Exactly. And if you have so many other days to survive, you know, birthdays and other yeah. significant days, it's like when you said bereaved mom's day, I, I, that's awesome. And I love that we celebrate that. But one oh, of yeah. the things that we're getting into in our country is there's a day for everything, every illness, everything. And it sometimes gets to be too much and people just yeah. go, I, I can't have a label on today. Like you said, I just need it to be a Sunday. 
Right. Right. I had somebody <clears throat> that wrote to me that is going to come on the podcast later this summer that I think May 6th or something is like National Moya Moya Day. And her son died of Moya Moya disease, which is a pretty rare disease that most people have okay. never heard of. And yeah. I, I had no idea. I had no idea that was May 6th. Right. right. I mean, it's like there are a lot of other days around. And maybe it was even the I can't remember. Is it the, the fifth or the sixth? Um, but it was, you know, there are just so many. And for so that good. mom, that's a big day for her. Yeah, right. For sure. But for most people, they don't even know that that day was anything. Yep, for sure. Mm -hmm. The the next one that beyond self awareness is mindfulness, which is a little bit different. It's actually being fully present and aware of, you know, where we are and what we're doing, and not maybe overreacting to what's going on around us. So okay. um, every time you bring awareness to what you're experiencing through your senses, you're practicing mindfulness. And what we mean by that is like, you know, if you're feeling tired, sluggish, exhausted, to bring awareness to that, that says, but I'm grieving, and grieving means you're tired, you know, exhausted yeah. and sluggish. And then all of a sudden it helps us because then we're mindful that it's not just a feeling. It's, it's a true emotion that we are experiencing and living through that. So we can be mindful of the fact that, Hey, I feel this way. It's kind of like, I was just thinking of this with my mother who's aging, um, that she'll say, Oh, I feel this way and feel that way. And I have to kind of remind her you are 86 and a half. Yeah. You know, and then she becomes mindful of, oh, she said, I feel 50 something, but I right. am 86 and a half, right? Uh -huh. um, so that mindfulness of that. And then I was actually thinking as I was, you know, preparing for tonight and just being mindful of things. One of the thoughts is, you know, in a few weeks, we're at Memorial Day. Yeah. And Memorial Day before the death happened was just a day off with, you know hot dogs yeah. and a picnic or an extra day, but now it means something different. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's oftentimes when people, you know, decorate at the cemetery and, you know, do those things, but it's more than parades and picnics. It's a time to pause and remember. And I think just to be mindful of what it means to you now going forward and how you're going to pause and remember. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's just a, I, I think it's a hard time of the year for everybody. It's a really hard time of the year for me because so many of our friends now are still graduating. I've got a niece on mm. one side of the family graduating from high school, a nephew on the other side of the family. Of course, Andy should have graduated last year. I, It's just all those things are, I don't want to do any of that. I don't, but it makes it a hard time of year. And I think just spring in general, when you oh. see all this new life, for sure. Every spring, everything is so beautiful and the flowers are beautiful and everything's like waking up and the birds you can hear me in the background. I'm outside mm -hmm. today, but it, it's just such a beautiful time that when you're grieving and sad, it can feel even worse. It I does. think when it, when it doesn't like agree, I can mm. remember on, on Andy's funeral day, all I wanted for, was it to rain? Mm -hmm. I just wanted it to rain and be cloudy mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I wanted the weather to match Watch. me. Right. And, and that's it's so happen. true of spring. Right. Yeah. That's it's so not true. Matching your mood. Yeah. You don't match. And 
you know, um, the rest, that new life and the symbols of that just do not match how we're feeling at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. one of my, um, the women I work with went and picked up her son from his first year of college yesterday. And she was, she was kind of late into work today because she was getting him settled back at home. And like, <sighs> you know, should that should be you. me. Yeah. That should be me, but mm -hmm. it's not. And so then you were mindful that this is going to affect me. This is right. This is going to hit. And I think going, just being mindful that this time of year is just really, really challenging. And that's mm -hmm. why I think Mother's Day, I just couldn't do this on top of everything else, on top mm -hmm. of just having Andy's birthday and the graduations coming mm -hmm. up and all of this. It just, it was, it was something mm -hmm. extra that I just couldn't do. No. Well, as you said that, Mother's Day tends to be the focus on us. And yeah. I, I don't want to put feelings on you, but as you were saying that, I'm wondering if you were feeling a bit of, but I don't want you to see me because if you saw how I really feel, you know, yeah. like I don't want the focus on me or someone to ask me what I want because anything that you would want is I not found at Target. It's not found wrapped in a little, you know. Well, and I've had a hard time with Mother's Day since my own mom died, right? When oh, I was in college. True. Yes. So, it, I mean, that was very hard then. So I had a hard time for a long, long time. Like I'm 49 years old now and she died when I was 21. So that's a lot of Mother's Days that, that I've gone without my mm -hmm. mother. Um. Yeah. Usually I've sent always flowers to my grandma on this day, but my grandma now died last year. So I don't have that either. And it's just, yep. it's just a hard thing, but I, I think it is good to have that little bit of mindfulness about, mm -hmm. about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it very For much sure. goes with that self-awareness, doesn't it? Yep. It does. They're, it really, really does. But those they are not the same, but they're, they go hand in hand for sure. Right. But the, and there are skills to develop. And I think I just want to keep saying that, like you have to develop them. You have to give energy to them. You have to say, wait a minute, I got to hone in on where am I at? What am I feeling? What, you know, what do mm -hmm. I to do on this Sunday? Right. And again, speak them, you know, and right. let others know that's what uh, the key thing when I talk about the holidays, that's it. You have to figure out what you want and then speak it. Well, and I've got a friend of mine that she, she wrote <laughs> that, that um, she just was super honest. Her two daughters were, of course, wanting to celebrate Mother's Day and she was having a really hard time and they probably weren't quite understanding that. And she just was really honest with them and said, this is really hard for me. And, you uh -huh. know, I'm missing your brother. And and it's uh -huh. just not the same as it was. And I think, and she said they really appreciated her honesty. Uh -huh. Just being open about what she could and couldn't do and why it wasn't going to be just all smiles on Mother's right. Day. Right. And, you know, there's some people probably listening who go, I don't have a problem speaking how I feel. But there's yeah. a lot of people, that's a foreign concept. Right. I mean, it was really, um, this is a, just maybe a silly example, but a couple of weeks ago, we were supposed to go to a fundraising dinner on a Friday night. My husband came home and he's like, are we going to get ready and go? And I just had had an emotional, stressful week. There was just a lot going on. And I said, I don't want to go. And that's not me, first of all, like, but it's also not me to be disagreeable. Like I just go with the flow. Yeah. And I, 
one of the reasons I didn't want to go was because at a fundraiser, it's not like going out to dinner with just your family because you can sit by just your family. Yeah. At a fundraising dinner, you have to sit with other people. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, just, I said, I don't have anything Any, in me. Yeah. Uh, but what I found surprising. Those things are not, so hard for me now. <laughs> yeah. What I found so surprising is that it was foreign for people to hear me speak out something like that. Like, wow, I can't believe you're saying that. So, you know, I mean, I just want to be tuned to people who like others aren't expecting that from you sometimes when you go, no, I don't want to do that. Or I can't. Yeah, what do, do you that. mean? Yeah. So. So much so that when we talked about going out to dinner over Mother's Day, he said, now, are you sure you want to go out to dinner? You didn't want to go that Friday night. I said, that wasn't dinner. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> it was people. That's what's sitting with a bunch of strangers. Yeah. <laughs> trying yeah. to get your money, too. No. Right, yeah. Um, another skill is self-care. And the, the one, when I said a lot of people are going to have some of these skills already set, but self-care looks different for everybody. And uh -huh. it's practices that maintain or improve your health. And so some people to maintain or improve their health, they, they run a marathon for other people. Yeah. It's just, you know, some movement or something. Um, but the other part of self-care. Or taking a bath. I mean, taking yeah. a bath yeah. is self-care. Right. right. Yes. Walks, going to the beach. I, I can't believe how many bereaved people, because my, you know, um, News feed on Facebook is full of bereaved people. How many of them go to the lake shore here in Michigan? You know, yeah. for those of you who don't know, we have beautiful Great Lakes here, and they're not that far for many of us within an hour's drive. Yeah. And how many people that that water and just being at the beach is a big form of self care for them? Comfort. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it could be reading, music, art. But I think that there's a few key things with this is it's making an intentional effort to practice some of that. And yeah. I think when we're bereaved and we are exhausted and overwhelmed, we lose our our drive and our, um, you know, we have to be intentional. And I know for yeah. you, Marcy, you said last time when we were talking about physical um, reactions to grief that you had to make an intention to get a little bit healthier because you noticed you weren't. Yeah. Healthy. Yeah. And so, well, and th I mean, that brings us back to our last live stream, obviously, when we were talking about that. And then what right. Aaron's doing too. Yeah. You know, Aaron's retreat is her retreat again, you know, the last few days of October, first few days of November is all on self care. Yeah. I mean, that's her whole focus on doing right. that. So, Anyway, yep. if you if you want more information on that, you can listen to that last live stream or go on right. yoga with Aaron B. Um, or just follow, more, yeah, follow her on Facebook. She puts up the pictures and I think, oh, it's it looks like it will just even the environment itself will be refreshing. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, yeah. The other part about self-care, though, is it's all about balance mm -hmm. and it takes time. And that's the other part is that we have to be intentional with our time. Um. But I think another part of self-care goes back to after you've been self-aware and you're mindful of, you know, what, where you're at and what you can handle. Mm -hmm. um, we have to some, I think telling others is a part of self-care. So that Friday night for me to survive. And after the week that I had had, that was a form of self-care. Me saying, uh, uh, I'll go to Arby's, but I'm not going to that dinner. 
Right. You know. Um, yeah. So that is, you're right. It's yeah. 100% of self care. <clears throat> that was a good decision because it's, it's along the lines of right now, what is best for me? Yeah. Right now, you know, and all of us have to fill in that blank of right now, what is best for me? And that's well, a sign of resiliency. Well, and I, I haven't, I don't think I've talked to you about what I wanted our next live stream to do. Did, did I? No. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Well, our next live stream, we're going to have another guest come on for part of it because we're going to talk about unhealthy coping oh. versus healthy coping. Yeah. And, um, because she's Jamie, she's, um, Judson's mom and she was on a while ago and she's another yoga instructor actually, but she wanted to talk about the coping because she felt like she did such a bad job herself early on of doing unhealthy coping and is now really working on healthy coping that she wanted to kind of come back on and talk about that a little bit. And, and I thought that would be a great topic. So it goes along with your self-care but it goes in a little bit of a different yeah. direction by um, really, really talking about how badly we can mess uh -huh. this up. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, we could almost rename that episode's confessions to a grief counselor. Yeah. Because <laughs> I hear those, you know, because yeah. they just were like, I've been drinking more or I've been shopping a lot yeah. or, you know, I mean, and so I hear them often, some of those okay. unhealthy. I like that coping. title. That may be the title. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I think people <laughs> might be expecting a little more juice than that. <laughs> this is all we got is, you know, un uh, confessing our unhealthy coping things. But I, again, how we be, how we do bounce back and how we do adapt is the skills we're talking about is awareness. Yeah. The, the guest you were just talking about, who's going to come on? What is her first name? Jamie, you said? Jamie, Jamie. Mm -hmm. Jamie's awareness. Yeah. Is what's going to lunge her forward is, wow, I'm aware of how I was not making good choices for me. Well, and the fact that she wants to come back on really does show, I yeah. think, how far mm -hmm. things have come for her and how things have really changed, you mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. um, for her to want to share that in that way. Yeah. I, I, anyway, Remind I'm looking me, forward I'm to having her on. a few things down because... Um, I have some definite thoughts about that. I mean, right away, it, my mind just fills with, with stories. I know. Things and I hadn't even told you. So now all, no. all the listeners that are listening right now, yeah. they all uh, know exactly well, when. Uh, maybe we when should call out. it a confession of our unhealthy coping <laughs> skills and have them send them in so we can, you know, make sure we address some of them. Or, Ooh, yeah. I like that. Thought. We have a little confession time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> sending in yeah. some confessionals. Ooh. Yeah. This is, this is good. Yeah. We've got to find our exact date. I was kind of looking at a few dates. So okay. it, well, it we'll should be towards the end of June, I think. Um, yep. So anyway. Okay. That, that's when it should be kind of last week or second to last week of June. So just watch for that to come, but we'll give you more on that a little bit later. But I like that idea mm -hmm. of doing that. Yeah. Well, I don't know if anybody that's watching right now has any questions. You can certainly pop any questions up at any time. I know, Gwen, you have an, another thing to talk about even after self-care, but I don't know if you're done with the self-care topic yet. Well, I was just going to ask you, what is one thing if I were to ask you that you think you do for your self-care? Well, recently, you know, it's been 
it's been the physical activity, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it has. I told you, I think I talked about this on my last one. I got this app, my Apple Watch, that I'm a little bit probably too obsessed with making sure that I get all of my exercise in every day. Oh, were you the I, one talking about closing your circle? I'm closing my circles, mm-hmm. right? Because I have my, I have my, uh, circle set that I have to burn like 700 calories and work out at least 45 minutes. And, and it's so, and I'm a little bit of a nut on it. The other day, you know, I told you we had, I had my in-laws over and it was, um, after eight o'clock and I still had like 300 more calories than I needed to burn. And I was like, I just put on my coat and my shoes. I'm just leaving. And then Eric goes, well, I want to go with you. And I thought, well, then I guess we're kicking your parents out of our house right now. I mean, they were happy. They were fine. It was, yeah. they had been there a long time, but it, it, um, but I do feel like I just want to keep doing that for myself. And I have been feeling quite a bit better. Yeah. Doing that. <laughs> I also, you know, I've been seeing my therapist pretty regularly again, which I wasn't doing for a while. And I do think I'm better mm-hmm. when I, do that regularly. And then I've been seeing a trainer a couple of days a week too. So I'm trying to take better care of my body and my mind. Nine. Yeah. Yep. And then when things like Mother's Day come up and I don't want to deal with them, I just don't. So right. That's good. Which may be okay or not okay. I don't know. I think probably different people have different opinions on that, but you know, it's, it's, but mm-hmm. it was good self-care for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, and again, you mentioned people, you know, writing in, they can write in what they do for self-care too. That, that would be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. If anybody's got some great <clears throat> things that they do for self-care, you know, yeah. write them in the chat here now and, and see. Okay. Um, so you were asking me what another one is. Is that what you want? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's another one. Positive relationships and asking oh. yourself, are the relationships around you healthy, positive, you know, who supports you? I mean, you know, they care for us and we care for them. Are those like, is that the yin and yang that you have going on? Like I can care for you. You can care for me because in grief, you really have to guard relationships. Yeah. Like you have to watch who you spend time with. Cause I I say this about workplaces too. And I, you know, so I'll give the workplace example and then over to grief. In a workplace, if your lunch hour and who you spend time with is a bitch fest versus an uplifting, you know, it just, we either walk at lunch or we, you know, talk about our life and our, you know, or is it, we sit at lunch and talk about, can you believe she said that? And can you, there's a real big difference of the positivity in your day. Well, Mm -hmm. In grief, you have got to guard that. If the people you are around are constantly negative and 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 I can say the same thing about support groups. Sadly enough, there's some support groups who the ceiling is so low on any kind of positivity or healing that yeah. we're never growing anywhere. Yeah. Um, you have to have hope that, you know. And, and have people speaking life into you. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, 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 the power, and I think we maybe talked about this last time, but you know, the life giving power of a good friendship is huge, Mm -hmm. huge. Well, and and this, this would be a good time to bring up, you know, I, 
people have heard certainly that I have been doing a virtual support group through Starlight, mm-hmm. right? And some of the women in the group have been, this is ending their second year mm-hmm. on, and it, it it's been really amazing. And so what happened was we started to get really, really close, right? We're doing these support groups and and I love the fact that Starlight has the curriculum that obviously you helped be, be a part of way back when that was written. And um, there, it's all very hopeful. And it just really fosters good friendship. And so uh, several months ago now, way last fall, some of the women started getting the idea of we need to get together in person. And so this is obviously not everyone that's in the support group now because new people have Uh joined and continue to join. And I want more people to keep joining, but that kind of core group that we had minus a few that couldn't come. um, We had 11 of us met in Ohio in person and it was amazing. I mean, it was amazing. I just felt like, I mean, I had somebody say that it felt like a family reunion and I think it did. It felt like, a family reunion. Like, I felt like reunion. I knew all of them already. And, you know, they were, they were asking me at Starlight a little bit about what it was like. And I said, what was funny was I thought I knew them all. And then I met them and I did. I yeah. didn't know them all because yeah. nobody was any different than what I thought they were going to be because everyone was so genuine and, and just, positive in their friendship online and that just transferred in real life you know Mm -hmm. it was there's so many i can't even tell you how uplifting that was it was (sighs) hard i think when we had to return home by ourselves we didn't have each other but that weekend we met a thursday through sunday and those days together Wow, I mean that is they fuel you. exactly what you're talking about. They fuel you for the rest of the year. year yes, because I have yes. girlfriends that I get together with, um, my closest friends, and it fuels me for a long time. Like I can live off that for a long time. But the other part, yes. what you were just talking about, is what I believe the scriptures meant when they said, "Of a strand of three cords is not easily broken," yes. like. There is something really tight and bonding and powerful and uplifting that happens when you're bound, you know, and woven together in other people's lives. Yeah. And and, well, and some you know, I had met half of them before because I've of course gone places and met people mm-hmm. and a few of them were from Michigan and and so I'd met about half. But some of these women like flew in, they'd met nobody. You know? Yeah. I mean, one mm-hmm. of them talked about how like she cried on the way to the airport. She was crying on the airplane. She was panicky. Like, what if, what if this is not work? <laughs> and of course it was amazing. You know, yeah. it, oh. you don't know. You no. don't know until no. you're just experiencing it. But we, I, they even made t-shirts and the t-shirts said standing in the gap. Cause we're like standing yeah. in the gap for each other and all our kids' names were on the back. And do you oh, know how jealous some people powerful. are going to be right now? I, I, think I know. That, you yeah, know what so- though? I mean, the support groups start back up in the fall. They, Let's go. They can. And I just, I, I want to take it a step further though, Marcy, for a minute. So you can't recreate like when people come in, they might not find that same yeah, connection. However, mm-hmm. you don't have to find it in the same way that you found it or in that group. People can create 
a support yeah. group. They can gather. I know women, you know, even through your podcast and places um, that are meeting at a library in Chicago. I know yeah. our friend up way in the you know, Upper Peninsula, who's meeting with moms, and they knit and talk and they, you know, get together. I know women who um, have some moms who quilt and they talk about their kid, their grief while they quilt. Yeah. I mean, well, and I had find... one on just recently from Colorado, and she's got a group that gets together. Yeah, I know. I've written, yes. I have, there's a group in Alberta that I know, don't know if they are anymore, but for a while, they would gather every week and they would listen to my podcast together and then they talk about it. Talk about it. Yes. Yeah. So, so you know, and yeah. and those can go beyond whether the group meets or not. Like when when yeah. people meet in circumstance like that, and how I know that is, I've been doing grief support groups for thirty six years, and I will go into a, a restaurant in East Lansing, and um, they'll say, "Gwen, Gwen, over here, it's your grief group from you know." 1992. And they're still getting together once yeah. a month at a restaurant. And I happen to see them and I'm like, seriously, you are still yeah. getting together. But I also had an experience. I probably never told you about it. I'll be real quick. But um, a funeral director came into my office when I was a counselor at the funeral home. And he said, Gwen, one of the women in your group, um, her husband died. And I said, he told me her name. And I said, she's not in my group. And he said, well, when I made the arrangements with her for her husband's death, she said her closest support was her group from the funeral home. And I said, he, and she said she is close with these people. And I said, she's not in my group right now. She was in my group 16 years ago with some other really? moms when her son died. And for 16 years, she still calls them her group from the funeral home, but they haven't physically been in the group with me for 16 years. But those few but moms, still were meeting. Yeah. Yes. So when her husband died, she had them. She had that cord and that strand that can't be broken because she oh. built it. And I think the other thing is these strands that we're talking about, we can build in our grief to help with our resiliency, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But one of the sermons that I heard on friendships talks about the value of growing those friendships before you get in hard times. Like we should be building those friendships before we need them. And I thought yeah. that was an interesting part of the sermon. It's so funny because I, you just don't know though, when the hardship happens, yeah. who are, who's going to still be there? Yeah. yeah. Because it's so often I get it. who you think. Yeah. You know, yep. I, I, if you would have asked me, I mean, you maybe did. I know when I was meeting with you in those early days and and people said something about how, uh, you know, your friends may change, your friends may mm -hmm. fall away. Some of them, I thought, not mine, not mm -hmm. mine. They are solid, solid. And they're not the same though now. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, it, I'm glad I didn't know that at the time because it really would have been, made me feel even in more I, despair than I was, but. I, I'm yeah. going to go out on a limb because we've talked about gender and we have a lot of, you know, our, a lot of our moms are, are married and we're, you know, in yeah. relationships. Um, the fact that uh, when I heard this sermon and I'm thinking back on it, he was talking about male friendships too and about developing those before you need them because I think trust has to develop and they're there for oh, okay. each other rather okay, than, I can see that. And, and with yeah. women, um, we bond over the experience rather than 
on the trust and knowing each other because we were a little yeah. different. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. I have to go back to what Jody said in one of the comments yes. here because actually, Jody, I relate to that. She said, I play older worship music to help pour peace back into my heart, my mind, and my soul. I find it helps really remind me that God cares and that there is an eternity where we will all be whole again, where we will mm -hmm. be whole again. I 100% agree. And I've met a lot of people. I mean, music just pouring yeah. into your heart really is a great form of of self-care. So I'm glad she mentioned that. I am glad you brought that up too, because I was bringing that up just in the support group again. We met last week and we, and the topic was on self-care. And I had brought up the fact that me, because I um, sing in the worship band, I help lead the worship band. And that brings so much to me is when I am singing those songs. Now, those aren't, aren't older songs. Those are more contemporary ones, but mm -hmm. they just allow my heart to just open up so much mm -hmm. that that just speaks to me. So I, I totally agree with mm -hmm. that. And I'm very, very glad you brought it up because I can't believe I forgot when you asked yeah. me the question <laughs> yeah. of what yeah. do you do for self-care because singing really is one. Yeah. When she says older worship though, I, I think I can relate in the fact that a lot of the old time gospel music that my parents listened to really talked about heaven a lot. Like my first day in heaven, walking down the golden Avenue, I'll be looking left and right, you know, yeah. um, to see the saints that are there. There's a lot about that hope of heaven. That's just was in a lot of those. Well, old... and I've spoken to people too, that they just like the hymns too, even older yeah. hymns, they feel mm -hmm. comfort in those. So whether you mean the yeah. old, older gospel style or yeah. hymns, I mean, right. either way, whatever yeah. really speaks to you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, then that leads us to lastly, the last skill that I have for tonight is um, purpose. Oh, I need yes. purpose. You know, the, it shapes our mindset and our attitudes about others and our experiences. Um, we all need to belong and serve something greater than ourselves. Like, what, yeah. what is this about? And I can only say this once, but I would love to say it a thousand times. All of your guests have really focused a lot on purpose when you think yeah. about all the different things that have developed out of the death of their child and who they're helping and what they're doing and again not everyone Every has to start one. an organization Every but yep. yet people do find my purpose mm -hmm. is to go on for my family or to you know um yeah. be kinder or whatever it is but we find our purpose in faith family you know community organizations and all those things um you're right in that I, I do have a lot of people that will reach out and and write to me and say that they don't think they have that piece. <laughs> yeah. And they do. They, they get talking and it do. comes, doesn't and, it? And then it comes. Yeah. yeah. And then it uh -huh. comes. Because it just maybe quieter. I mean, mm -hmm. some are loud, shouting from the mountaintops loud, and others are soft and quiet. And mm -hmm. I I mean, they're both just beautiful. Just yeah. beautiful. And if it gives you purpose, that's what matters. Um, I, I, I have two thoughts. I just wrote one down, but um, it, it, people do find it. I mean, when they're speaking it out and it, it's, you can almost see like the light bulb goes off, right? Sometimes when all of a sudden they, they like, oh, 
there it is. Like, oh, I know what yeah. I was going to say is one of my things when um, I do check three checkpoints, like my visits are very purposeful with people. And the first one's the wound. Tell me what happened to you. And we get yeah. to talk about their story. The second one is the work of grief, you know, the anger, the guilt, what, you know, all the, the, the heavy obstacles that we face. But the last one I call the wonder. I wonder what's yeah. next for you. I wonder how this is going to be worked in your life. I wonder what healing might look like. And a lot of people say, I'm not, I'm, I don't have any of that. But when we talk about it, it's there. Do. Yeah. Do. It's that you don't like to think about it in some way, mm -hmm. right? I think yeah. about so much, like, I didn't want there to be anything good, good. to come out of mm -hmm. Andy's death. Mm -hmm. Andy's death had to be a hundred percent bad and nothing good could come of it somehow in my mind. Well, that's kind of ridiculous when you think about it that way. Mm -hmm. Like, of course I want there to be beauty out of it. Right? right. Andy was an amazing kid and for his life to end and have everything be bad now. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's not what I want. Yeah. That's not what I want at all. Well, and, and Marcy, like, people are speaking his name so much. Like soon as I say, you know, I, 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 I travel around in grief circles and talk to people and it's like, Oh yeah. You know, and they tell me your story. Like, I don't know it. And I just listen. It's so funny. <laughs> like, oh. oh, he did this picture and you know, she asked him about the picture and I'm like, yep, yep. And I just listen. <laughs> like, I don't know. And the, you know, so, so many people are speaking his name and he's being honored and remembered. And, and I know that's, you're not doing it to lift, him up but you're you're helping people and he is spoken on people's lips yeah 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 that's beautiful well and we're giving we're handing out the first andy larson yes. teammate award mm -hmm. it, it will be handed out next week so all we got to be quiet now because the sweet girl doesn't know she won it yet and we'll find out but um it it was just such a beautiful story Oh, I can just really such wait a sweet girl it. and yeah. wonderful. And I, and I can't wait to share a little Good. bit more about that. Good. And I'll share about what, how that sound yeah. kind of went and, and her mom knows, but she doesn't know. And, and, and a lot and, of people do scholarships at their schools and in remembrance and they're creating awareness, whether it's for mental health. I mean, I can think of one of your listeners, um, Jimmy's mom, who just, you know, she just brought a complete awareness oh, of mental health to the upper peninsula and their healthcare systems of what they're going to be doing to change that. It's and make amazing what she's it done. It is. Yeah. Um, but I also watch some moms who just maybe, you know, reach out with a note or a card to another mom. That's uh -huh. just as valuable as a whole movement. I mean, yep. it means everything to that, that new mom. Yes. Um, I, I want to address again what Jody just said about and even just sharing your story of lost grief and pain and who your loved one was um, to you helps bring some meaning to the loss. That 100%, is percent right. 100%. Yes. That is one of the actual needs we have in grief is to share the story, retell about their life. And it does a couple things. It helps with the reality. Like this really yeah. happened to me. Um, yeah. But then it also allows us to uh, share about them and what we like, because you can never talk about them too much, but then it brings some meaning. Yeah. Yeah. It does bring some meaning. I love it. it just um, 
I do want to address one other thing, though, in the fact that when it comes to purpose and us talking about, you know, finding your meaning, I always feel like we have to say that there's many people and listeners, it's too soon. Oh, yeah. You know, there's people, you know. um, It took a long time for me. Yes. A Uh, long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and there's our friend that we were just talking about, but she (gasps) said, your comment on building relationships to maintain resiliency is key. But after the death of our son, my close friends changed and I had to make a point to create new relationships with people who share the loss of a child. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just talking about her because she's doing such great work in the UP, Upper Peninsula of Michigan. People don't even know what the UP stands for. That's true. I'm a universe, so I know. But, you know, it's interesting because, um, and I want to say this, I mean, that's a big thing she did by bringing the awareness. It's the Michigan Mind and the Zero Suicide Movement um, to the whole healthcare system. But the other thing is, a few weeks ago, she just gathered a few moms at a coffee shop. And just allowed us to talk about grief. I think we, I might have shared that with this group, but just those few lives on a Saturday morning where we could speak into each other and do this stuff, that's just as valuable mm-hmm. as a big movie. And that is, and that is her, you know, creating new relationships. Yes, right. right. Yes, and, for and sure. being okay with letting go of some of the ones that you had in the past. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, wow. I mean, well, it's amazing how close I do feel to other bereaved moms now. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it's just it? something that we can share that other people just don't understand. So. And and I get to watch that bond form. And I say this all the time. It is amazing how quickly a bond forms when pain is shared. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I get you. I get yeah. you. Um, I'm reading That's a book exactly on- what I was thinking. I was thinking, I get you and we just get each other. Yeah. And when you get each other, then I'm reading a book on grief that. right now. Well, amazing. I read them all of the time. Those are are. The only oh, books I read. So and I just underlined something that he said about, um, friends getting it. And I got, um, uh, and if I don't find it here, I'll find it somewhere else. But it just um, about they can just look at you and know. They can just look in our suffering um, and know what we are going through. It's it's just it was an incredible thing. I'll find it. But um, what book is this that you're reading? Well, it's called A Chronicle of Grief, Finding Life After Traumatic Loss. And they had a daughter who died Um and I'm only on page 32, so I don't know all of their story, but he is a pastor and he had written books on trauma before, but now it's a totally different um, oh, view for him after living yeah. it. But it yeah. was just basically like looking across and knowing that um, there's people who get it, that yeah. just can look at you and know. And, yep. Um, yep. I thought I'd be able to find it because I underline everything, but, um, oh, um, okay. He says, um, but talking about, uh, friendships fading and things changing, but inevitably after a few months, our loss was old news to most people. 
We could see it in people's faces. It was not that they didn't care, but the pain they felt for us had subsided and ours was ever still ever present. But thank God for the handful of friends who continued to feel strongly for us. And for those who had gone through a similar loss, who knew better than us, the pathway is long. And they kept talking to us with a knowing look, kept talking to us with a look. Not yeah. words with a look. And I should tell you, the author is Mel Lawrence. But okay. Well, thank you for that. Yes. Um, and I do want to add this in closing about resiliency, though. And, and uh, you've heard me share this quote before. It's from Harold Truman. He's an American theologian, and he was a civil rights leader. And he basically said, um, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go and do that because the world needs more people who have come alive. And so I ask bereaved people, what refills you, who supports you, and what makes you come alive? And then go and do that. Yeah. 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 It sounds simple, but it all isn't always. No, no, it's not a quick thing. No, for sure. But I love it. I love it. (laughs) This is work. Good thoughts. And all the good things in life are work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, nothing's. Easy. Well, thank you so much, Gwen. I think we ought to close up here, yep. but I always appreciate this. And then just look for uh, the episode upcoming with Jamie and us talking about um, bad ways of coping and maybe yeah. how to turn them good. So I do like that idea of emailing. Mm-hmm. So you can email Marcy, M-A-R-C-Y at andysmom.com. What did you do or are you doing that is not a healthy way to cope with after the yeah. death and we can remain anonymous tonight we, oh you know i do not have to give any yeah. names in fact i think it would be bad if i did so right I think these are going to be I just want to encourage people we're not going to write it yes. out here in the chat unless you they write want me to, but... i will say nothing about <laughs> who wrote in the different yeah. comments but i do think it would be nice to be able to talk about it and it will make us all feel a little better right oh for sure knowing yes. we all make we all make these mistakes mm-hmm. so Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful or would like to support the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and comment. To help financially, you can text Andy's mom to the number 53555 or visit the donate page on andysmom.com. Your donations are secure and tax-deductible, and we are now able to accept Venmo, PayPal, and Apple Pay. Always Andy's Mom is a registered 501c3 organization and can receive donations through smile.amazon.com, Thriving Financial, and Benevity, amongst others. Marcy loves hearing from listeners. Please feel free to reach out to her via email at marcy at Also, be sure to sign up for the email list to receive weekly updates as well as pictures of all of Marcy's guests and their children. Together, let's work to inspire hope one day at a time.